How's everybody this morning? Asleep? No, come on now. All right, wake up. Hey, I have a great son. Uh, yeah, I do. And I've been teaching on the names of God and uh, on Wednesday night, and we've been having a great time with that. And, I mean, God's been doing a lot in my life. And so uh, he, he went to the mailbox this week and came back, and he had, I'm not a mother, I'm a dad, um, but he had a Bible, and it's a Names of God Bible. And what it does is it goes through, and where it says Lord or God, it replaces it with the correct name from, like, Yahweh or Adonai. Or, and it's awesome. And he bought it for me. Isn't that pretty neat? So if you, if you want to learn about those things, they have this Bible, and it's, uh, it's pretty cool. So I'm going to be in that Bible today. Hey, I know that today is Mother's Day, and for us as a church, I know that there are people that didn't even come today because Mother's Day is not always a happy day for everybody, and we recognize that as a church, and um, we just want to say to all of you, wherever you're at in the journey, maybe you're a, a mom here today and you've lost a child, or you've, you're here today and you're a child and you've lost a mom. Um, or you're here today and you, you're begging God to have a child and you haven't had one yet, or you have 12 and you don't know what to do with them. Um, wherever you're at in the journey, we want you to know we love you. And we want to walk with you in the journey. Okay? Wherever you're at, we want to pray with you. We want to grieve with you. We want to celebrate with you. We want to walk with you in the journey. And we recognize that for everybody, this is not a happy day. And we understand that, okay? Um, but we also want to celebrate our moms. We're all here. We all had a mom. Um, and being a mom's not an easy job. I understand that, okay? Um, ask my mom. She'll tell you it's not an easy job. Ask both of them. I have two. It took two to get me here, where I'm at today. Yeah. Um, and so uh, just check your mom. They know it's not easy. Um, but, you know, it's amazing what God does. And as God desires my thing today, and I just want to say to you, is God desires to walk with us wherever you're at in the journey. And he wants to meet you in the journey. And I, it's probably a, a Mother's Day kind of sermon uh, message that you've probably never heard of because I'm coming from a passage probably never been done on a Mother's Day. Maybe not. I don't know. Um, but we're going to look at it in Genesis 16 and 17. And uh, for the sake of time, I'm going to tell most of these stories, or the two stories, and you're familiar with them. Um, we're in the life of Abraham, and uh, Abraham's journey um, with God. And, and over time, you'll look, and as you read back through Abraham's life, you realize that God first, you know, encounters Abraham. And Abraham knew God as Elohim, and which was creator of heaven and earth. And the people of Israel, they rehearsed that name. They used the name Elohim often because they wanted to remind themselves that he was creator of heaven and earth and if he is creator of heaven and earth what is impossible with him if he is creator of heaven and earth what is impossible with God and so Abraham walked with that that's why when God spoke to him and said hey Abraham leave where you're at and go to a land I'll show you. What did Abraham do? Left and struck out. And came to the land that God showed him. Okay? That's a pretty big step. 
Any of y'all made a step like that lately? Okay. That's a big step to just go. I know that voice, so God told me, Yahweh told me to go, and so here we go. All my family, we're going. Amazing. And so um, God begins in chapter 12 of Genesis, he begins to speak to Abraham about the promise. Leave the land, go to a place I will show you. I'll make your name great. I'll bless you, your family. Your family will be be many nations. You'll be the father of many nations. And they journey on. You get to 14. He reminds them of the promise. Then you get to 16. Is where we're going to stop for just a second. And you get to 16. It says, verse 1 says, Sarah, Sarah, okay, Abraham's wife was not able to have children, uh, but she owned an Egyptian slave named Hagar, okay? So they've come this far, remembering the promise. God's kind of spoken to them about it, blessing them, making them a great nation, and yet, Sarah's, Sarah has never had, which her name at that point meant the one who perseveres. Um, she had she'd never had a child. And she's starting to say, all right, God, what's going on? So she decides she's going to take her handmaiden, um, Hagar, and give it to her husband as a wife. And, and that's how they'll accomplish God's plan. And um, they make a mess of it. Okay, in that sense, because it was not the way that God wanted to do it. You ever gotten in front of God like that? In your journey, you ever got in front of God? Thinking that, well, maybe I know a little better than what he knows. And so I start making plans and I get in front of God. And I'll tell you, in my life, it has never worked out. Okay, and that's where they find themselves Sarah um, gives Hagar to Abraham. She becomes pregnant, and then Hagar despises Sarah, and Sarah despises Hagar. They, they don't like each other anymore, and so Hagar runs away because it says that Sarah mistreated her, and, and she runs away. And where we find her in this passage, um, in verse... Seven, it says, the messenger of Yahweh found her by the spring in the desert, the spring on the way to Shur. He said, Hagar, Sarah's slave, where have you come from and where are you going? And she answered, I'm running away from my owner, Sarah. The messenger of Yahweh Yahweh said to her, go back to your owner and place yourself under her authority. The messenger of Yahweh also said to her, I will give you many descendants. No one will be able to count them. Because there are so many. Then the messenger of Yahweh said to her, and he speaks on to her. Come to verse 13. It says, Hagar named Yahweh, who had been speaking to her, you are El Roy I. She said, this is a place where I watched the one who watches over me. This is why the name is still Bel Lahai Roy I, the well of the living one who watches over me. Still today. Sarah finds her, or Hagar finds herself in a place where she is desperate at the end of her rope in the desert. Nothing else to live for. Wondering if God knows where she's at, wondering if anybody knows where she's at or anybody cares. And God meets her in that place. 
because he is El Roy I, the one who watches over me. I wonder how many of us are here today and you've walked in this place today with burdens on your back, with problems you can't get your hands around, with questions you can't find the answer to, and you need God to meet you in that place today as Elroy I, the one who watches over you. My struggle today was God has connected me so much in his names over these last few weeks that I want to make sure we get connected today because he is a God who longs, who gives everything to meet us, not only here, but wherever you're at. He is a God who is always near, always present, always attentive, always able to walk us through whatever we're in. And I, I want us today not to leave it. Wherever you're at in your journey, you don't have to be a mom, a dad who's struggling with business, your wife, your family. What, wherever you're at in the journey, students, whoever, God wants to meet you in that place today. This is a long journey for me. Some of you know my story. I tell my story often. Because God is teaching me so much in my story. Um, when my wife left two years ago, um, the second night, I, um, I called my mentor, who was a seminary professor for me. And um, he was 35 years in Africa, opening many of the countries in Africa some to evangelical witness. If you read his book, you realize he went into villages that had never heard the gospel, never seen a white man. Um, and he went into those villages and shared the gospel. It's just incredible man of God. So I called him. And I said, you know, bud, I've been mad at God a long time. I said, I've been mad because if you knew me, you knew my dream of my life was one, to be in Africa, even before I had a dream of being married, my dream was to be in Africa. And I didn't care. I mean, I remember, you know, I'd meet some girl, and that was my first question. You got a heart for missions? Not really. See ya. You know, it didn't matter. I, that's all I wanted. And then I met my wife, and my second dream of being married came through. And, you know, I, and so I was standing there that night just going, you know, God, what's going on? Why are you doing this? And as I talked to Bud and I said, you know, I've been mad at God a long time about Africa and now about this. And he started crying. And through his tears, he said, oh, Mark, why would you ever be mad at God? Because he gave everything for you. Do you realize that this morning? Wherever you're at in the journey, he gave everything for you. And Bud said, you know, Mark, I know you feel second class to God, but you're not. You're first class. He has not missed a detail 
He has not missed a moment of your life. I want to remind you of that this morning. Wherever you're at in the journey, maybe you're at a great time and you get to celebrate with God during this time. I read a statement one time that says, we're either coming, going into a storm in the middle of a storm or coming out of a storm, okay? They come in life because that's how God puts his character in us is through storms. So a lot, you know, we all, I think all of us would raise our hands and say, I've been through something like, you know, I've been through a storm. And he wants us to be, to remember today. He wants to meet you in the storm. And he is all you need in the storm. He's all you need this morning. He's all you need. You know, it's hard because we have learned so much and we live in a world that just bombards us with all this mess, this negative mess. And we pick it up and we rehearse it in our heads and we don't even know that we're doing it. And it beats away at us over and over and over again. And we say, we come to church and we go, God, I know that you want to connect with me, but I just don't see it. And we leave with the same mentality we came in or we get up and we spend time in God's word maybe in the morning and God speaks to us and he's trying to tell us he knows and he's attentive and he loves us and we just don't seem to hear it. We don't seem to connect because we've got all this mess we're toting that's saying world's got something better. He can't do it. He's holding out on you. We've got to unlearn that mess and replace it with the truth of who he says he is. Because he's always faithful to who he says he is. He will always meet you in the journey. The second night after I got off the phone with Bud, I remember, and I've said this maybe to you before, it's the first time in my life I've ever felt God allow me to crawl up in his lap and him put his arms around me and him hug me and just hold me. That's all I needed. Met me right where I was at with just what I needed. He'll do it every time. Never failed me yet. I don't even say that. Never failed me. Yet says there may be a possibility he will. So let me say it this way. Never failed me and never going to. I'm not waiting on him to fail me. I'm losing myself in him and trusting him that he'll be enough every day of my life. Regardless of what tomorrow holds. Right? You flip on over to 17 and it says in verse 17, chapter 17, verse 1. When Abraham was 99 years old, Yahweh appeared to him and he said to Abraham, I am El Shaddai, God Almighty. The root word of Shaddai is shad, which is a word that means to nourish and support. So he's saying in a sense to him, I am El Shaddai, God Almighty who nourishes and supports. Do you need to encounter him that way today? Because that's who he is. And if you need him that, in that way, that's who he'll be for you. He has the resources. He has the ability. He has the knowledge. Nothing taxes his ability. 
our circumstances didn't take him by surprise this morning. He's not in, on the throne going, oh my goodness, what are we going to do with Mark's situation? <laughs> Firmly fixed where he's at. I can trust him with everything. Lose myself in him. So we get to 17. He says, I'm El Shaddai. Live in my presence with integrity or walk in a way that is blameless. And I will give you a promise or make a covenant with you. And I will give you very many descendants. Immediately, Abraham bowed his face, touching to the ground and said, and again said, Elohim, and Elohim spoke to him, my promise is still with you. You will become the father of many nations. So your name will no longer be Abram, which is exalted father, but Abraham, the father of many nations, because I've made you the father of many nations and I will give you many descendants. He goes on to explain um, how that's going to happen and what the covenant looks like. And it will be a symbol and the symbol will be circumcision and all through that. And you know what's interesting is, when God told him the condition of the covenant. Okay, and this is a sermon for another day, but I'm just going to, because I kept coming to it last night as I read back over things. When God gave him the condition of the covenant, which he was to circumcise every male, he did it. Immediately he did it. He didn't go, uh, Lord, do you want to rethink that? He didn't question. He didn't stumble. He didn't struggle. He didn't mull over it. He did it. Why? Because he knew him as Elohim, creator of heaven and earth. Nothing's impossible with you. Why wouldn't I do it? If the creator of the universe speaks to you today, Will you do it? Or will you wrestle with it? He spoke to him. He, he did it. No question. As you get on in Abraham's life and even, uh, well, let me, let me finish this. So it goes on down and it says, um, Abraham bows his head and he kind of laughs. We know the story. He kind of laughs. He's like, come on, God. I mean, I'm 99 years old. Is, is Sarah really going to have a baby at 90? I mean, come on. And God goes, he says, and he even says, um, God, can't, can't we just do this through, through Ishmael and Hagar? Can't we just do it that way? And God says, no. <laughs> no. It's not my plan. I'll do it through Sarah. But God kind of laughs, and, and, and as I was reading through this, it just occurred to me, you know, Abraham, God keeps telling him what he's going to do. He's going to bless him, and he'll bless him through his seed, and he'll bless him and be the father of many nations. Abraham just don't seem to get it. And so God has to dumb it down for him a little bit, and he says, no, we'll do it this way. I'm just going to point, bottom line, I'm doing it this way. And it says... Um, says, I will bless you and surely give you a son. And he says, I will bless Sarah. You're going to change Sarah's name. And her name goes from being um, the one who perseveres to princess. Okay. So he changes her name. Um, she'll bear a child at 90. Um, and it says, then God said, yes, 
your wife. And then you come to verse 22 and it says, When he had finished speaking with Abraham, God went up from him. I couldn't get past that verse. When he finished speaking with Abraham. When was the last time you and I took the time and met the God of the universe and let him counsel us about our situation? When was the last time we took the time, sat still, tuned our ears to the voice of the Father, and listened to him counsel us about our situation? It's the only voice that matters. And we run to so many voices, and we battle so many voices. That we miss often his voice. And when he speaks, it's all we need. My challenge to you today is wherever you're at in the journey, will you take the time to sit and meet the Father and allow him to speak with you as he did with Abraham and Sarah? And it is he did with Hagar. To be a God who watches over you. To be a God who's attentive and meets you in that place. And shows you and that he is enough. And lavishes himself on you in a way that he meets every need. That he would prove himself sufficient for every need we have. If we'll take the time, life will change. Perspective changes. When we get with God and we realize that He is who He says He is and He'll never be anything different, our perspective begins to change. So I'm starting with me. My prayer this morning, God, start with me. Connect me back to you. Give me a fresh glimpse of who you are. Carve out the time in my day that I can spend with you to get your counsel on what's going on in my life. That I'll see it with your eyes. That I'll see it with your provision. That I'll see it based on who you are. And I can strike out and stake my life on those things. That's what God saved me. That's the life he saved me to live. A life recklessly given to who he is. That I could run headlong with him into my day. Expecting incredible things each day. Because he is able it's not on my back. It's on his back. And he's able to carry it. I read a quote the other day. It says, My circumstances are not a test of God's character and faithfulness. My circumstances are a test of, for me, of my character and my understanding of his purposes in my life. 
The test is on me. Will I look at my circumstances and try and evaluate God? Or will I look at, will I keep my eyes on God, who He is, and evaluate my circumstances? So often, folks, we buy into looking at our circumstances. It fills up our windshield. We can't see anything else. And God wants to fill up our windshield with Him. And through that, we'll see all our circumstances in light of what they really are. Where are you at today? What have you come in here with today? Okay. He longs to meet you in that place. And what he's asking for us this morning is that we would get into a posture of surrender. Okay. I thought back to Josiah when he preached on this and he said, God's asking us to get into a posture of surrender. A posture where we're able to listen, we're able to receive what he has for us and allow him to lavish on us, download to us the truth of who he is and speak to us as he intimately does and address where we're at so we get his perspective and we live each day with his perspective on what's going on. So I don't know where you come this morning. Okay, we come to celebrate moms. But dads, we're in the journey too. Kids, we're in the journey too. Where are you at in your journey today? What do you need God to do for you today? What do you need from him today? As a church, we want to walk with you. I'm reminded, I've said this to you before. The Christian life was never meant to be carried out on your own. It was to be lived out in community. It's the way God designed it. So we want to be community for you. I need you to be community for me today. I need you to be body for me today. And I want to be body for you today. Where are you at? What do you need God to do for you today? And would you allow us the privilege today as a church, as a body, not just to love you, but to love on you? And if you need prayer, if you're grieving, would you allow us to grieve with you today? If you're celebrating, would you allow us to celebrate with you today? If you got questions, would you allow us to pray and ask God for answers with you today? We want to stand with you. We want to walk with you. We want to meet you in that place. We want to be the body of Christ here. Would you allow us that privilege to walk with you that day, today? If you're here today and you've got struggles, we want you to come forward. If you want to just kneel at the front and take some time just to listen to his voice, we're going to give you the opportunity to do that. If you want to have somebody to pray with you, grab an elder, okay? Those guys will come up here. Or if you grab somebody beside you, it doesn't matter. And just ask them to pray with you. But let God meet you in the place where you're at today. Don't walk out today and miss his voice in your life today. Creator of the universe. I don't know if I can say it enough, folks. Creator of the universe. You didn't bring him here today. You didn't, he was here. He's here today. He's in this place. He's everywhere we go. But he's here and he wants to speak with you. Creator of the universe. 
creator of heaven and earth, the one who knit you together, who made you like you are, who understands you better than anybody else, wants to speak with you and I today. Wow. Wow. What a tragedy it would be for me to walk out that door and miss his voice in my life today. Maybe you're at a desperate time like Hagar. God, I don't know what to do. I'm at an end. Man, he shows up at those times every time. He's got a word for you today. If you'll listen. Maybe you're like Abraham and Sarah and you're trying to figure it out and you've gotten ahead of God in some ways. He wants to speak to you in that place. Seth and I were going over some of this last night. Seth's my son, and I'll close. Um, we were going over some of this last night and uh, talking back and forth. And uh, Seth says, oh, Dad, I think you're like Hagar. Because you've said over and over in this journey, I don't understand. And he said, I think what God's asking you to do is let go. That's all I need to hear. He meets us in the journey and he speaks. And last night, that was God's voice for me. Let go. Would you allow us to be God's voice for you? Would you allow us to love on you and walk with you in that way today? Okay, we're going to take just a few minutes here at the end just to pray. Um, if uh, Jake, can you find a song for me? Oh, that's sorry. We, yeah, moms, you can't leave. Oh, because Debbie has something. You want a mic? Yeah. Can I pray? All right. Father, thank you for... Um, Being Elohim, God of heaven and earth, creator of heaven and earth. Thank you for being Yahweh, Lord of everything, possessor of everything. And thank you for all that you've lavished on us in this place today. Your presence, the opportunity to know you and to walk with you. The opportunity to experience you is sufficient for everything we have. Everything we face, every question. God, would you help us today to lose ourselves in you, that we would live a different life? That we would be set apart from this world. That everyone who watches us would know we're different because of your presence in our life and because of our connectedness to you. Father, thank you for your faithfulness to meet us in our deepest place of need today. And we thank you for answering and counseling us on our journey. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.